Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show with the host that is old enough now and full of enough holiday spirit that when he pees, he pees peppermint schnapps. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, reminding you, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are, unless you're an elf at the North Pole, in order to listen to this fine show. And on this fine show, on this week in Pipe Parts, I'm going to um, wax on about a uh, about the uh, Sato pipe that I just got. And uh, I'm just going to talk about that for a while and uh, talk about how yeah, the, I, you just have to listen to it. OK, I'm just going to I'm just going to ramble about it and uh, what it means to me. My guest is uh, Per Jensen. So we get caught up with Per and see what he's up to now and uh, hear about some stuff in the future. Uh, double dose of music for the two holidays mailbag uh, to get caught up on and a rave all this week on the pipes magazine radio show uh, reminder it is december now and it is december so that means it's time to go to naspc.org and renew your membership so that way you don't miss out on one issue of the pipe collector newsletter magazine comes out six times a year packed full of great pipe smoking stuff uh, if you're not a member you're a loser uh, just kidding and uh, you can sign up and get it digitally, or you can get the mailed-in copy. I prefer the mail copy because I like to have the pieces of paper in front of me. I like to have them with me. I like to take them on the road with me. You know, I like to read paper. That's, you know, old days. Old days, not just the digital copy. So uh, make sure you do that. It's time to renew. They, uh, they renew everybody in December. And then you won't miss out on one. That's the naspc.org. Uh, if you have a pipe smoking friend of yours and you want to get them a gift, well, the NASPC membership for a year is a great gift. All you need to have is their mailing address, or if you're giving them the digital copy, you know what? Just get their email address, all right? It's like 20-something bucks a year. I mean, it's nothing for six ep- for six issues of the magazine, so make sure and do that. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. Ah, the holidays and pipe collecting, a grand tradition indeed. And there's no better place to celebrate a grand tradition than at tinbids.com, the pipe collector's auction site. Find that perfect gift for yourself or that special pipe collector on your list, or sell those tobaccos, pipes and accessories to make room for those new Christmas arrivals. Your favourite things await you at tinbids.com, the pipe collector's auction site. Cheers and happy holidays from your friends at tinbids.com. Missouri Meerschaum Company has been continuously handcrafting authentic corncob pipes in the USA for over 150 years. They carry over 55 styles of cool smoking corncob pipes, colonial area clay pipes, and affordable hardwood pipes. From exciting new pipe and tobacco releases to accessories and more, Missouri Meerschaum Company is a must-see at www.corncobpipe.com. Missouri Meerschaum Company, authentically original, authentically you. All 
All right, here we go for pipe parts, and I'm going to talk in circles and ramble for a little bit, and I hope this makes sense when it comes out. I've got some, uh, I've got some basic notes, but uh, it goes uh, 14 years ago now is when I first really encountered Sato pipes while I was working at smokingpipes.com, and uh, 14 years ago was when I got my first Sato pipe. It was my uh, Christmas present to myself, made it through the employee discount, and I didn't intend to become a uh, uh, to become a Sato collector, but over time I really got to appreciate Sato's pipe styling and really got to appreciate the taste of the tobaccos. Um, one or you know, two of his pipes are part of my uh, are part of my breakfast in the summertime routine, and. Over time, I've had, uh, I think I've owned probably uh, 30-something different Sato pipes. And, yeah, there were some that didn't work out for me shape-wise or size-wise, whatever it was. So I bought them and I traded them back off. And uh, now, I, <clears throat> now I own 25 of them. And what, makes me, what made me want to talk about this right now is that uh, at the Las Vegas International Pipe Show, uh, Smoking Pipes was kind enough to show me the two Satos that came from Tokyo with Ryota from Sato's family. And they were the last two pipes that Sato himself finished. There is a third one coming that his, uh, uh, that the, uh, that the guy that was a, the pipe maker that was apprenticing under Sato is just finishing the Arushi lacquer on. Um, but I now own one of the two and, I saw it in Las Vegas. I couldn't buy it then because uh, Smoking Pipes had to take it back and photograph it and inventory it and do all that stuff, uh, which is great because this is the most expensive pipe I've ever bought. <laughs> um, but it did give me time to uh, go through my pipe collection, which I hadn't done in probably a year and a half, and really find, you know, I, I sent them 11 pipes for trade credit towards this pipe was really happy with the values they gave me on it and about 10 days ago now this pipe arrived here to me and I waited and I was looking at it and it made me realize that this is a um, uh, this is a sign of a passage of time uh, I had the pipe and I waited until last Saturday with the Saturday zoom group that I'm part of before I lit it up and smoked it and enjoyed it with the guys that I've been hanging out with on Zoom now for, you know, three and a half years, almost four years. Uh, it's a passage of time because this is the last brand new Sato pipe that I will ever get a chance to buy. Um, there just won't be any more. And it made it bittersweet for me to see it, have it, hold it, and realize that, you know, this is the last one. But at the same time, it made me feel very fortunate and uh, and very happy to have been able to get one of the last two or three that he's that he made before he died in uh, in July. Uh, as I lit it up and smoked it, I realized also that you know <laughs> this is the first time I'm ever going to be able to take a brand new pipe and of Sato's and turn it into an estate pipe. Um, the the price of it you know, doesn't, it pushed my price limit, but again, with the trade-ins, I was, I was really happy with that. Um, but again, the, these pipes that we have, they become more than, some of them become more than just pipes. 
Uh, I have four or five pipes that I've traveled a lot with and they've become companions and I see them in pictures of our trips around the, or, you know, around the world. Uh, they become uh, memories for us and mementos. They're more than just the pieces of wood and the plastic and the price doesn't really matter because as I've said before, uh, now I may have three pipes that, you know, if the, if the house were to catch on fire, there's three, there's now three pipes that I would run to and grab, uh, probably four. Uh, one of them is one of my Disney pipes and it's just a, you know, an unremarkable Parker made, but yeah, again, so, so I guess what I'm trying to say here is that, uh, as a pipe smoker and a pipe collector and a pipe tobacco enthusiast, uh, these pipes are, are more than just utilitarian tools. They are pieces of art. They are companions for us. They are ways of marking our time and marking momentous occasions. Um, I'm not going to save this pipe just for momentous occasions, but it is a little larger than what I would normally smoke, but I lit it up to record the show today. Um, but I know, you know, uh, just knowing that this marks the end of Sato's pipe making career and his life here on Earth. Uh, it's also nice to know that his work and his skills are continuing on and continuing to service people. Uh, and that's something that, you know, I hope, you know, someday, maybe someday, somehow digitally down the world, uh, you know, this podcast will go on long after I'm here and people, you know, 20 years from now, will be going back to uh, podcast.archive.hoohoo, whatever, and be able to pull these up and find these shows and listen to them. And it'll be my way of creating a more uh, permanent uh, impact on the pipe smoking world. But just having this pipe, enjoying it, and knowing that, you know, when Sato was making it, he meant it to be smoked. So it was meant for a collector to own and appreciate. And, uh, yeah, I guess knowing that also there, there's a little bit of, um, uh, there, there's a little bit of feeling attached to the fact that when, uh, you know, when, when the, when these last pipes came to the U S that, you know, first of all, smoking pipes was able to get them and that I was offered a chance to look at them. So, you know, a little, I don't know, makes me feel, makes me feel special. Uh, if Sato's family is listening, please know that, you know, that I'm still enjoying his work and, uh, you know, that he lives on through his pipes. Um, and a little, a little, uh, sentimental sappy there, but again, you know, just marking the passage of time and marking something that I've enjoyed collecting. And I'm sure there may be estate Sato's that will come up in the future that I may be interested in buying. But, you know, right now I'm just thrilled with this pipe. Uh, I did post pictures of it on my Instagram and my Facebook. So, uh, go on there and follow me there. All right. In just a moment. Uh, my conversation with my dear old friend, Perry Jensen. This is Internet Radio. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning 
to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mila Folge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us from the old world from, uh, well, normally we would have we would have been talking to you from Denmark, but now you're in Germany. Uh, my old dear friend who we are happy you are still alive, Per Jensen, welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Well, thank you, Brian. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be back and... Um... I can only say it's a bigger pleasure than last time because <laughs> what I went through, um, well, I think I have a couple of guardian angels standing behind me. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm quite pleased to be here today. Yeah, so let, let's talk about that because um, I, I guess it was last, was it last year around the, around the Christmas time where you got sick and ended up in the hospital? I was, um, as far as I remember, the, the 21st of November. Okay. With an emergency operation. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, went well. Uh, took forever to, 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 to do it, but that was the doctors. I was just sleeping. Um, and then they did a fantastic job. So I'm, 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 I'm very glad for 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 the german uh, the german doctors yeah and then after that you had some complications that kept you in the hospital again yeah that was last year to um or this year for for the chicago yeah uh, i had a blood uh, blood poisoning i don't know if it's called like that in in america yeah and uh, it almost killed me um, as the doctor said, well, two days later, then you were finished. So, um, yeah, there's another guardian angel. As they say in German, you were kaput, almost. It's uh, kaput, and I was in the hospital for 26 days, uh, only lying in, in, in bed, and that means the, the muscles, uh, they just disappeared. So the rest of the year I have been using to get up and running again. Yeah. And thank God I'm, I'm there. I mean, it, it got close enough where I was seriously thinking about getting on a plane and coming to Berlin and, you know, just, and seeing you at least one more time. But luckily you turned around, came out the other side and, uh, and unfortunate for your wife, you were still around to cook for her. Yeah, um, and uh, I can only say without my wife, uh, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. So um, sometimes you make uh, some very good choices when, when you marry. And sometimes the ones that marry us make some very bad choices, but we get the good choice. Yeah, yeah but, but let's not discuss that here. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, all right, so so now that we know that you are... You, you were in the in and out of the hospitals for about six months, and now you're back up and running. And we saw you uh, just six weeks ago in Las Vegas, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, let, let's talk about the uh, the fact that you are 
no longer working for McBaron. Uh, they, they moved you to Germany and then decided to go in a different direction shortly after you got there. Yeah, I, I think it has been a part of a, of a bigger scheme. Um, I don't know quite what, what, uh, what happened, but, but you're right. I moved to Germany and I took, took responsibility for, for the sales of what we called, uh, own brands in, in Germany. And uh, three months later, uh, everybody in Germany was fired. The whole company was fired. Yeah. Uh, and they moved to to, uh, to Hamburg, and they made their own company, McBaron Germany. Um, and it was supposedly, I was not part of that. Because what they have done, uh, they have changed their strategy, going from pipe tobacco to chewing bags and roll your own. Mm-hmm. And, and the new company, well, they were uh, all set up for, for Rogione. Oh. So they didn't need a, a pipes tobacco specialist in, in that company. Okay. So I got fired. Now, I, we, we also have to say that your wife is, is German and her family is in Germany. So, you're, so, so the move there wasn't just for the job. It was also for uh, to be closer to her family, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, and as I, as I said, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not that young anymore. So uh, my career is not going anywhere. Uh, so let's go to Germany and then follow your career. Yeah. And then I just be um, a German uh, German house house father. Make the clean up and make the the dinner and so on. At least then, Brian, and I can decide what we're going to eat. You are what we would call a, um, uh, you are a sexy boy toy for your wife. Uh, probably, yes. Yes. Oh, at, at least expensive. Yeah. Well, she needs to have her eyes checked, but that's okay. <laughs> Don't tell her. Don't no. tell her, please. No. Shh. Our secret. Our secret. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, in in all fairness to I mean uh, to McBaron the the roll your own or the fine cut cigarette world is a bigger there's more there's more smokers there than there is in pipe tobacco, um, but at the same yes. time there's a lot of us pipe smokers that rely on McBaron tobaccos. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they will still produce it, of course. Uh, it's not good that they're going to forget it. Um, but but you know if you take the fine cut uh, market and, and look at it, if it was that easy to get in, I'm sure one of the the four big companies have done it already. Yeah. Um, so I think they they have. Um, yeah, I don't know what, and I'm not going to guess. No. But you know, as uh, as you say goodbye, you say uh, hello to some something else. And that's a, the, the good part of it. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, well, first of all, let's talk about for a few minutes the um, the idea of the Pipe Force blends, which uh, number six just came out recently. A yeah, um, couple of days ago. Yeah. So we, we had Jeremy on and we talked about how he must have been drunk in the boardroom one time, but then does... Does Jeremy call you and say, uh, Pear, I have this idea. You want to make these blends for us? 
Yeah, well, I, I did that last year with Birds of a Feather. Yeah. Um, made six new. Um, and Jeremy was uh, convinced that we should make six new this year as well. Um, and I got a little bit more time um, this time than, than last year. Okay. So um, he said, we, we, we need something. And I have, a, have an idea with, with a marketing uh, scheme that we are going into deep space. And uh, yeah, that was what I was told. And then the funny thing happens because I can't remember if it was four or five years ago, I visited um, the Jamestown Museum yeah. um, and, and had a long, long, long talk with uh, one of the historians. And um, she told me when the English started to, to, um, to grow tobacco and, and to dry it and trying to sell it back to, uh, to London, um, they, they put the tobacco in heaps on the fields uh, like they did with grains in, in, in England. Yeah. But what they forget, forgot was that the temperature, the humidity in Virginia was much, much higher. So the tobacco started to rot. And that was actually, as, as I thought at that time, that was actually a little bit of uh, Cavendish process. Right. Um, and there we had um, Rustica, and Luciana Rustica, um, deteriorating on the field, starting this Cavendish process. Interesting information, but I couldn't use it for anything. <laughs> so I just stored it in the back of my head. And when Jeremy then came up with this idea with deep space and, and so on, uh, I remember I was sitting one night and I was looking at a Star Trek and saw the Enterprise on this deep black background. And I don't know what triggered it, but the idea came up. Hey, we got the Rustica, we got the Cavendish, we got a black tobacco, we got a black knight, we got a deep space, and then everything started moving. <laughs> and the next thing was, I said, okay, if we can do this with the Rustica, then there are other tobaccos we can, uh, we can uh, do it with as well. And the next one was then the Calzarini, because both tobaccos contains natural sugar. Right. That is what we need to start the process. So we. I, so, don't, know, I don't know if that was too long, Brian. No. So the idea begins four or five years ago while visiting uh, Williamsburg in the Jamestown area, and then it ends. Uh, <laughs> it ends with you in Germany watching Star Trek. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with Pear. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's Estate Trade Program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. 
If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, Pear George Jensen, uh, my old dear bald-headed friend. Uh, Pear, if you were if you were on the Enterprise, which uh, which part would you be? Would you be Scotty in the engine room? Oh uh, no, I'd probably be uh, in the medical department, Uh-oh. doing good for for, for people. <laughs> Prescribing, as, as, prescribing them pipe tobacco, and uh, here this, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and then that's just my 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 own philosophy. But if you look at the pipe smokers, um, very few um, have stress, and I think stress is one of the big uh, the yeah. big killers today. Yeah, uh, but 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 you can't have stress and smoke a pipe. It's not possible. <laughs> it is, but the pipe will not be happy with you afterwards. <laughs> and your mouth neither. Yeah. So, so you won't you won't do it. Yeah. Um, I always say pipe smoking is a little bit as um, psychological uh, first aid. Um, unfortunately, it's not everybody who's going to to participate. No. But but I think uh, back. Back then, when when everybody was smoking and talking and joking and meeting and, and so on, uh, it might be a, a better um, better environment to live in than than what we have today. Uh, growing Especially up, to- growing up as a kid in Denmark, were you a Star Wars and Star Trek fan from the beginning? Yeah. Uh, but then again, you have to to remember when when uh, when Star Wars came out, the first episode in uh, 1977. Um, I, I was not a child anymore. No, it's a it's a long time ago in a galaxy far far away. But but uh, I was an adult at that time. But I remember I saw it not on the premiere day, but the next day. And it was the first day I, uh, the first time I, I experienced that a big cinema, everybody was clapping at the end. Yeah. It it was um, it was not out of this world. Sorry for for, for the bad bad phrase, but uh, <laughs> um, it was something really special, really special. So. Did you see the first Star Wars movie? Did you see it multiple times in the theater? Uh, yes, I saw it twice. I saw it in the biggest uh, cinema in Denmark, in Copenhagen, for the first time, and then in our local, uh, but much smaller, Yeah. Uh, at a later time. Yeah. So, I mean, I know I know this, but you're, you're a Star Wars fan, you're in Star Trek and all that, you've you love all that stuff and follow it all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, Star Wars is, uh, if we cut it to the bone, it's the good against evil. Yeah. And, and it's just 
a very good story. <laughs> and full of cute little characters. It's a, oh, are, yeah, the Wookiees. Oh, I love those. <laughs> the Wookiees must have been the Vikings of the, uh, of the Star Wars empire. Yeah, it could be. Could be. I, I think that would have been somebody like uh, Chewbacca. Except Chewbacca doesn't lose his hair when he gets older. No, but you don't understand what he's saying. <laughs> um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so <clears throat> let, let, let's get back to the Pipe Force stuff. So, Blackening Katarini, um, that was, I mean, that never been done before, right? No, um Actually, we, we came up with two tobaccos that I won't say it's, it's new raw tobacco, because it's not. But we created two completely new types of tobacco that the world has never tried before. And that was the Rustica Cavendish and the Katarina Cavendish. Yeah. And, and when you look at those, um, those who, who, who knows the, the Rustica, Knows it's it's a very rough tobacco. It's a very strong tobacco. Right. But but this process, uh, mild a bit, it, it gets milder. It's not that it's going weak. It's definitely not going weak. But uh, the the taste is mellowed a little bit. And the same with the Catarini. Um, when you do it with Virginia, it, it's normally just getting uh, sweet sour, so a little bit taste like that in the background. The Catarini uh, still have its its spice that comes up front, but it's also at um, it's it's not so remarkable uh, an Oriental tobacco as the Catarini before the Cavendi. Hmm. So we mail it out both of them, uh, and mix them into the tobaccos. And uh, I think it's, they're quite interesting. And, and at least it's something that the pipe smokers have never smoked before until they try. So if not for other reasons, I would say if, if, if you don't like, I don't know, our marketing design or the tobaccos or whatever, at least try them, so so you have tried this new kind of, of tobacco. Yeah, and when you were when when you and Jeremy were going through the process, did you try different lengths of time for blackening and and see which one you liked better? Uh, <clears throat> no, because I was um, I was laying in a hospital hospital in Germany at that time. Oh. Uh, so. Um, that, that I can only give uh, Jeremy and his um, his co-workers full credit for for making the Cavendish. I might be able to 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 say, well, I came up with the idea, but they definitely took it and they um, perfect uh, made it into perfection. Yeah. So, is it possible now that there might be an extra black? An extra black. Yeah, blacken it extra long and make it even blacker. <laughs> Yeah, but but you you see that 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 is the the problem with with Cavendish. Yeah. Cavendish is um, actually if we if we take it roughly, it's 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 a method of uh, rotten tobacco yeah. or leaves. 
don't have to be tobacco leaves, it could be anything else. You give it humidity, you give it steam, and if it goes too long, it rottens. That was what happened for the Englishmen on, on the field. Too, uh, too high uh, humidity and temperature. So um, the, the big thing here is you have to know exactly where, when to stop. Okay. And, and cool the tobacco down. Because on one side you have a perfect tobacco you can use for mixing. Uh, if you let it too long, you have just rotten things that you don't want to mix in, into. So you, so you can't let it go too far. You got to keep it at no, the... No, you can't let it go, go too far. And, and many people have tried and say, let's try to make this more black or, or whatever, but it doesn't work. Yeah. All right. Um, and, and these are, so the, the Caterini and the Rustica, are they used in, uh, in all the blend, all six of the pipe force blends, or is there some with one or two of them? And, uh, some of them are, are only with, with, with one of the tobaccos, uh, but we try to, to put in, uh, these two new tobaccos in as many as possible. Okay. So I think it's for four out of the six, uh, where you have both of them more or less, and then two of them, well, it's only the one. And I've I've seen all six of them. I've tried all six of them at uh, at different pipe shows. Uh, if I remember right, just one of them has a little bit of a topping or a little bit of a flavor. Otherwise, all five of them, the the five others, are pretty much just natural tobaccos. Exactly. Exactly. And then this little bit of top flavor was was just to, uh, shall we say, divert uh, the taste into another direction. Um, and it was something I have uh, I have done here in Germany uh, with success, I might add. Uh, and I said, why not try it in in uh, United States? Yeah. So we tried it. So this, I mean, this is the fun part for me with tobacco blending, where you can, uh, even like the, uh, the episode four pipe force, which I have a tin sitting right here that I've been working through. It supposedly has Latakia in it, but it's for me, very, and I'm very Latakia sensitive. The Latakia really isn't noticeable, but if you take that little 2% or 3% of Latakia out, it changes the blend completely. And that is perhaps uh, my way of blending uh, tobacco. Um, everybody can make a Latakia forward blend. It's just a matter of putting so much Latakia in the blend that you don't taste anything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's very easy. My way of, of, of thinking blends is so that the tobaccos uh, support each other. If you get a little bit of smokiness from the Latakia, together with the Burley, together with the, the Cavendish, together with the Virginias, uh, so you have, um, what do we call it, a, f a full mouth. Right. A good mouth feel. Uh, and then you don't pinpoint out one tobacco and say, oh, that is uh, the key element here. It's, it's like when, when, when you're eating, uh, you can have straightforward taste or you can have a taste where you're 
sitting and then thinking about what is it what I'm eating here? What is the taste? Because it's 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 a lot of tastes that that goes uh, in harmony. Right. Yeah. And that and and then again you so with the with I guess the last one coming out has the little bit of topping and that's just a little bit that won't come straight out and say, you know, I'm a I'm an aromatic, but it's just in there just to change the profile a little bit and make it a completely different blend. Exactly. Exactly. And and just in, in this tobacco to give it um, just a little bit sweet edge. Yeah. Are these the uh, when when you're doing a very complicated blend like this? Are you picturing the uh, the pipe smoker at the end of the day sitting down to relax with their pipe and maybe a, a coffee or a beer or something, and get all these flavors and and get all this enjoyment as out of it and as, as opposed to a blend that might just be you know say like a straightforward English blend where you can smoke it while you're doing something else. Yeah, um, so we say the smoke should not disturb you. Uh, it should comfort you and, and, and make you happy. Right. Um, and, and as you say, you don't like Lazakia that much. And if you have a blend with too much Lazakia, that is the only thing you will be thinking about when you're smoking. There's too much in uh, Lazakia in here. Uh so you have you have to 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 get the tobaccos to marry, yeah. to to hold hands, <laughs> and say um, from time to time you, you you can move to 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 the front, and then give off your 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 taste, but but then please go back again and let others uh, participate as well. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but but I can tell you it's. Uh, it's not easy. I mean, it takes a lot of trial runs until you get it. I I found in smoking them that there was times during the smoke that I would get different tastes, and then it would change to a different taste. So sometimes I, I would move through different taste profiles in the bowl, and yeah, and that was exciting for me. But I did have to. It, it hurt because I had to pay attention to what I was smoking. And you know, anytime you make me think, it's going to hurt me. Yeah, you see, you see, Brian, that was your wife that told me, um, please make something that he has to concentrate uh, about. <laughs> and it seems I was successful. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, let's talk. Uh, Christmas is just a few weeks away. Uh, how? Yes. How is Christmas different in Germany versus Denmark? Because I mean, the countries touch each other, so but they're very different, aren't they? Yeah, um, and unfortunately, the Germans invented the Christmas. Uh oh. Yeah, so so everything uh, it came here from Germany and then uh, moved north, and, and the Danish took over. Uh, but when when you look at something just like colors. Denmark, we have more bright red, uh, white, uh, blue, and, and, and so. And in Germany, it's more like I call it dusted. <laughs> it, it, it's, the, it's, a, it's a red uh, Christmas board, yes, of course. But it's, it's not a clear one. It, it's, it's dusted. And, um, 
did the journey. That's one thing. And then the most terrible thing Uh that is what they eat. (laughs) In Denmark, we have roasted pork, we have ducks, we have uh, geese, you have whatever you want. Uh, And down here, if you're lucky, um, you you get, what is the name of this big bird? You eat it for Thanksgiving. Turkey. Turkey, exactly. Uh, we, we get uh, some, some dry turkey here. And I say dry because normally people can, can't fry the thing without getting dry. <laughs> uh, or they eat potato salad with, uh, with sausages. Mm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, 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 for Christmas Eve. Come on. <laughs> it should be a feast, not, not, uh, not something you do uh, Friday afternoon after work. Um, yeah, and that 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 was uh, the the biggest. Uh, if there are any Germans uh, listening to to to, the, to your radio show, um, either they will completely agree with me, or they say, "Well, who have you been celebrating Christmas with?" <laughs> or they'll tell you, um, or they'll tell you, "Go back to Denmark." Yeah, if you are unsatisfied, go back to Denmark. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the the Danish Christmas lunch that I've been to before is just, it's so much food that you can't eat it all. And that's just the luncheon before Christmas. And then there's a Christmas Eve dinner and then there's Christmas Day. I, the Danes, I don't know what, I don't know what happened up there, but apparently Christmas is a five day long process. Yeah. And now we, we actually go back to the Vikings because that, that was uh, the feast of the year. Where, where everything they could slaughter got slaughtered and, and they made uh, uh, food out of it. And, and there was so much food um, and so much, uh, well, we don't call it beer today. We, uh, that time they called it mule. Uh, and they were eating and they were drinking for, for four days. <laughs> and and that, that was a typical uh, Christmas at that time. Mm. Ah, oh, it's so good. And then we have taken it over. We will have a big Christmas dinner. Then the next day, the 25th, um, we have a lunch, a Christmas lunch, but that is with everything, eight kind of hearings, and, and uh, I don't know what. Everything is there. Mm. And that continues uh, the 26th. Well, we're going to have to end the show now because I'm hungry. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yeah. All right. Sorry. And, and we got to see you in Vegas. So uh, any uh, any any comments, experiences about the Las Vegas International Pipe Show? I think it was your first one you'd been to. It, it was. It was. Yeah, I, I found I found it um, extremely um, loose, uh, beautiful loose. Uh, there was nothing that that you should do, or, or everything just um, was beautiful loose. Also, the the what do you call it was not a gala dinner; it was a dinner. Yeah. And on the Saturday, if if I compared, uh, for instance, with with uh, with Chicago, where Chicago is is very formal, um, Vegas was not, <laughs> and and I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, even, even the small um, 
small games you, uh, that was playing. <laughs> yeah, well, you you know, if I'm if I'm involved, it's not going to be normal. No, no, but but thank God for it. <laughs> no, no, no traditional. Um, uh, did you? Uh, it, so we on Thursday we snuck away together for a little bit with the guys from uh, from the Get Piped podcast. Uh, yeah. But the rest of the time, I think I ran into you in the smoking rooms, and you were just wandering around and having a good time and visiting with people. I, I was, I was, and, and it, it was very cozy, extremely cozy. Uh, and I, I must admit, I, I love love things like that. All right, um, I would I would hate to go to dinner with uh, with the English king. <laughs> too much um, tradition. <laughs> I I don't think you are on his invite list anyway. Uh, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything coming up in the future? I know you're the the pipe force. Uh, four, five, and six are out now. Uh, one, two, and three are still to come before uh, I guess before April and at the Chicago Pipe Show. Um, yeah. Are you working on anything else? Any uh, any more? Surprises from the from inside the head of Per Jensen. Well, I've made a registration of my of my name as a brand name. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And thinking about um, I've been blending tobaccos for for companies for for so many years. Uh, why not blend for myself? Uh oh. And perhaps someday there might even uh, come some pipes. Uh, who knows? Yeah, well, after all, you were born in a pipe factory, so you may as well, you might know a few things about pipe making. One one or two, yes, that's for sure. Yeah. But but that that is what I'm what I'm doing right now. That is uh, considering uh, what to do with uh, with the future. Well, there you go. Can't keep an old tobacco guy down, can we? Nope, nope. You can try, but um, I'm not staying down. <laughs> Pear, thank you very much for coming on and visiting with us again. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you and yours, and uh, you know, we'll look forward to seeing you in uh, in April at the Chicago Pipe Show. Yeah, and um, thank you for for letting me in. That's uh, I'm very glad for that, and. Also, um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to, to you and your family. I'll oh, see you in April. And, and you know what? Could you say it to, to all the Germans and the Danes in, uh, in German and Danish? So that was that was Danish and then German for those of us that thought. German, yeah. Yeah, we thought yeah. I I thought maybe you were choking on the Christmas pickle, but no, you were speaking Danish and German. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was. Okay, Brian. Uh, nice to be here again, and uh, as I said, see you in April. And we'll be back in just a minute. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, 
Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. And, uh, you know, as I was listening to the uh, to the visit with Pear again, I was amazed and just thinking, you know, how many how many new things or undiscovered things are there left in the world of pipe tobacco? And there's still more to come. So exciting. All right. For music, uh, Hanukkah is this week. So we got a double dose. We got Hanukkah and Christmas music. And this first song that we're going to play is called the Hanukkah. Uh, it's called Happy Hanukkah. And it's from the, if you remember back a while ago, uh, Matisiyahu was a, uh, a reggae, uh, a, a Jewish reggae style singer. And we had him on the, uh, played one of his songs a while back. Well, this one's called Happy Hanukkah. So we get, uh, yeah, reggae Hanukkah.
Parker, I wanna give a gift to you. Light up the night, my love shine through. From Mount Zion, this is what we do. Bring love to you. style happy hanukkah to everybody and now because reggae is kind of beachy themed uh sticking with the beach theme how about uh for christmas music how about the beach boys Well, there you go. There's a little diversity of uh, reggae rap for Hanukkah and uh, California beach music for Christmas. Um, Could also be why Christmas is a much bigger, fancier holiday, because Hanukkah really just doesn't have a lot of great music. Definitely not a a great Beach Boys tune like that one. What's this? A letter for me. And remember, you can send your mailbag comments and questions directly to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page at uh, PipesMagazine.com. And we got three weeks to get caught up on, so we're going to go through this kind of quick, and uh, thankfully there's not a, not a whole bunch of posts, but 
Uh, going back to the episode with uh, Tanner on in the uh, Butterbone Briars, which is still fun to say. Uh, Dino says, very concise review of flake tobacco. No hype, no mystery, just the facts, man. Uh, Tanner's short, funny, lucky path to pipe making was fascinating in its utter serendipity. It also highlights the incredible generosity of Premel in mentoring young pipe makers. Uh, I look forward to Tanner having a very successful career in his new craft. Uh, Zachary's suggestion of Front Porch Philosophy by Jerry Sally was an absolute toe-tapping joy with clever lyrics. Thanks, Zach. And uh, great points in your rant chastising our politicians for their misplaced focus on evils of tobacco and not doing more in controlling the evil of the drug trade. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. Dino, you're welcome, and uh, happy Hanukkah. Uh, Dan, uh, Casey Ghost writes, uh, another nice show, nice history of flake tobaccos. Good to hear that shag tobacco has somewhat been brought under control. The lame who thought he could just relabel his stuff as pipe tobacco should have spent time in a, in a Law of Unintended Consequences seminar. Uh, yeah. uh, Tanner getting hooked up with Premel was uh, serendipitous, to say the least. I can't think of anybody I would trust uh, I would trust more than Premel. I'll bet Tanner's high school buddies are looking at him a little bit differently now. Hope the future holds good things for him. The music was uh, euphemistically called Bluegrass. <laughs> Left me cold. Dino liking it should have been a hint. <laughs> well, you called some politicians on the mat over the legal drugs that are killing lots of people. We see how they react when Big Pharma explains to them how much those drugs are contributing to their campaign funds yeah there's uh there's a little dose of reality from casey ghost and uh what else we got uh renfield says another great show tanner was an excellent guest great demeanor and backstory good looking pipes to premel chetta's legacy lives on your rant was spot on sadly it hinges on politicians having the will to do what's right how blatantly obvious does a problem need to be seriously Apparently, most politicians are descended from the octopus because there's not a backbone to be seen in a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. And I will say that a lot of politicians have uh, many hands in many different pockets all at the same time. So there you go. All right. And uh, going back to two weeks ago, where did it go? I lost it. I lost the page. There it is. Maybe. All right. Never mind. Uh, going back two weeks ago with John David Cole on uh casey ghost who will read first here says a very enjoyable show featuring john david cole of the country squire in jackson mississippi the squire of jackson is a real pleasure to uh, uh listen to even though the show could be described as an infomercial of the products he sells at the country squire it was pleasant it was a pleasant way to spend time with him uh, the music was pleasant and i enjoyed it because it was about thanksgiving we will have plenty of time to hear Christmas music. The thing I like most about Thanksgiving is that, is that it is about family and not about gift giving. We raise a toast to everyone who came and those who can no longer attend. Uh, my wife and I reached the age where we are the last remaining members of the family of our generation. She is the matriarch of the family and I am considered her sidekick. Loved your rave for the holiday. Uh, and then he's got a, a musical request here that we will get to in a week or two because it's, I mean, it, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, and then let's see, what did, uh, uh, what did uh, Dino say? Because I went out of order here. 
Uh, Dino said, another entertaining conversation with John David. It was nice to hear the Country Squire updated uh, update. I enjoyed the pastor's choice of Ben Rector's The Thanksgiving Song, as it is among my favorite holiday tunes. Uh, well said about the coming holiday opportunity to reflect on the things for which we should be thankful for. And as always, my friend, thank you, Dino. Ah, you're welcome, Dino. Yeah, Dino getting me a little a little uh, schmaltzed up here just a little bit. And then going to uh, last week's show, and uh, we're all out of order here because I pushed the wrong button on my, uh, on my uh, website stuff that I read off of. Uh, Casey Ghost says, uh, a really nice episode. The pipe parts segment was fairly informative. I'm sure I had heard everything that Jeff had had to say on the subject, but hearing it all at one time and in a condensed format made it seem much more informative. Personally, I have generally thought that people are trying to blame the pipe for what is really their fault. Uh, for some reason, I've never been a big fan of Peterson and there is no reason for it. I've never thought that there was any reason behind Peterson, behind the Peterson system or the PLIP. I think that it is because I could never get one to work for me. Over time, I've come to recognize that while something might not work for me, it could work very well for others. Glenn was really interesting to listen to. It took me a while to get in sync with his Irish accent. It was a very funny story he was telling about trying to get a pilot's license. He chose wisely in passing up that option. Uh, Chet Atkins is one of the greats of guitar music. In my opinion, he's one of the best who ever lived. Jolly Old St. Nick happens to be one of the Christmas carols that we don't hear too often. Great choice. Hopefully everyone will be polite to all the truckers and vans that are delivering the goods to us. Yeah, I hope they will be. Uh, in fact, we spent Thanksgiving down in uh, Orlando with my son and his wife. And every chance on the highway that I got, I was able to... Uh, let a trucker in and let him slide over and, you know, give him an extra, give him an extra few feet. Uh, and then Dino says regarding uh, the episode with Glenn, a truly fascinating discussion with Jeff of the transference of heat and moisture through a pipe bowl. Probably the best explanation I've ever heard. I look forward to further discussion on this topic. Glenn was quite a wonderful and fun guest recounting his history with Peterson was so interesting and insightful. I love my Peterson pipes. I have 15, three of which were purchased at the Grafton store in 2002 when we traveled to Dublin, and everyone is a winner. One of the pipes from the Grafton store was bought as a gift for me by my wife, the 2002 pipe of the year. Uh, Jennings' choice of Chet Atkins playing Jolly Old St. Nicholas was a great way to kick off the holiday music selections. Terrific shout-out to those working hard to deliver our holiday packages and mail. Tis the season to be both thankful and jolly, and thank you for another always entertaining show, Dino. Ah, you're welcome, Dino. You're, you're such a nice guy. Sometimes. Uh, and then uh, Renfield said, uh, Glenn was an excellent interview. It was nice to hear more from him than just the commercial that runs on the show. He ended up in a dream job and still enjoys going to work. Can't hope for much more than that. The music was a great kickoff for the holidays. Hard to go wrong with Chet Atkins. The guy made it all sound effortless, effortless and musical. A real gift. Yeah. And uh, Mrs. Pickles says... 
What a gem of an interview. I wasn't expecting Pipes Magazine Radio to deliver a candid telling of how dreams get burnt down and built back up again, but dang, sorry I doubted you guys. <laughs> Some great laugh-out-loud lines in there from Glenn, too, particularly his favorite pipe-smoking memory. Dark, sweet, and hilarious. Yeah, thanks. All right, again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or the best thing you can do is leave us a apple podcast rating and review uh just like these folks did uh dan the man 203 said excellent pipe podcast uh this podcast is not only informative but also entertaining from start to finish everything for the new pipe smoker to the veteran thank you very much and uh wv rich i wonder if that's west virginia rich says a weekly ritual for me I love the whole show, even the commercials. Highly recommended for anyone interested in pipe smoking or a seasoned vet. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate those. If you haven't done that yet, please go to Apple Podcast or whatever it's called this week and do that. Uh, speaking of podcasting, Google Podcasts is going away and they're moving it all over to YouTube. So I doubt we will make the transition over there. So if you listen on Google Podcasts, well, go listen somewhere else. All right. Again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, and uh, rave time coming up next. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell & Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. So as this recording goes out on Tuesday, December 5th of the year 2023, uh, we have survived Black Friday and Cyber Monday and uh, sometime coming up is Small Business Saturday. And uh, that's when, uh, you know, that's when you're reminded to go support a small business, you know. Some of, the, some of the small businesses do have websites and a lot of the tobacco industry qualifies or the pipes and tobacco world qualify as a, as a small business because, you know, they've most, uh, most, uh, on even the online retailers, most of them qualify as a small business. 
so it's a reminder to go support those small businesses and uh, you know give them a give them a little love during this holiday season so buy something local or buy something online from a small business maybe one of those Etsy stores or maybe something on you know, uh, maybe something in uh, in your little main street area buy something small and support those small businesses uh, support your local uh, tobacconist you know the, the brick and mortars whatever they sell you know go and buy a couple cigars from them give them a little extra love this holiday season and support those small businesses uh, in the United States uh, in the United States I can say that in English too uh, small businesses uh, employ more than 50% of the US population so when you're shopping at a small business you're actually helping out more of the population than if you order from a, a big business or a big box store or whatever. Uh, but do, you know, take a chance you know, take some time, go find a small business locally and, uh, and check them out, give them some support. And, uh, you know, cause they, they keep a lot of people employed. They do a lot of sales all year long and, you know, and they keep those main street stores full and give us uh, places to go especially the small business, the little independent coffee shops. Love those. Love those. In fact, I found a few in Florida that I'm excited about. So, yeah, give the give the locals uh give the locals some love this holiday season. All right? Uh comments, questions, email me brian at pipesmagazine.com. Remember rain nor shine nor sleet nor snow nor Kevin going away for a while. New episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show come out every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and they're there and available for you to download and re-listen to and go back to all in eternity. So there you go. Uh, thank you very much to Per Jensen for visiting with me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Happy trails to Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Till we meet again.